Hi guys, welcome back to Thanks for Asking. I just decided on a whim to do this new episode because it's been a minute and how do we call it on Instagram? They call it proof of life, right? When you've been away for a while, then you post pictures and show everything you've been doing for that <laughs> for that period. Um, so yeah, this is my proof of life episode. I'm alive, I'm well, I'm just really busy. Um, yeah, I think maybe in the past two months, I probably attended... If I do four meetings a day and I work five days a week, so that will be 20 meetings a week. And for the past nine weeks or 10 weeks, I would have done 200 meetings. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just really, really, really busy. Um, I can't really find time on the weekends or whenever I was to sit and do a podcast, but I've never promised to be, okay, well, I think I promised to be more consistent, but I just have to be alive to be consistent, right? So I'm doing this episode just to talk about what has been happening with me, in case any of you care, in case any of you have been wondering, and then just talk about whatever I care to talk about. So I think the last episode I did was sometime in June, this is August, Um, and I've been going through a transition. I changed jobs. I moved to a different organization that has a very different business model from my previous organization. So it's been a learning journey for me. It's been two months. And I think I'm much more... Oh, could you keep quiet? Oh my gosh. That cannot be real, right? Life imitates art or <laughs> the story writes itself. I just got prompted for a meeting that I really don't have. But, um, so talking about switching jobs and just making that transition, I feel like I'm well settled in the new role. I'm no longer asking, you know, those very rookie questions you ask when you just join somewhere. I think I'm understanding the the whole thing now and it's been great. It's been good. I mean, sometimes we get so comfortable just being where we are, even though things are great where we are. For me, my previous job, things were really great. I was a star. I was doing so well, but I just, you know just got comfortable i didn't want to stay in a place that i was comfortable like things were praising me for were things that i was not even having to struggle to do so i wanted to challenge myself and then i took on a higher role much more challenging in the structure of the business and the expectations but here we are you know nothing ventured nothing succeeded is that how they say it if you don't venture out you never know if you're gonna win or lose so we're learning every day. Um, I've also sort of transitioned um, away from a lot of things that I, you know, I don't have spare time. I don't have bandwidth. That's what I'm finding to be the most <laughs> interesting part of my my journey this 2023. Just the fact that I really don't have bandwidth for a lot of things I used to have bandwidth for in the past in terms of, you know, bickering friends, you know, quarreling, just having time for malice, for stupidity. I really do not have, you know, my choice or my the best way that I handle things would always be to just ignore, you know, when they say ignore, ignore, ignore. For me right now, I don't even have a choice. I have to ignore a lot of things because where person see time now? Where, where will someone see, find the time? Um, you know, when something happens the first time and you, you know, let's say a friend that you've known for a long time comes to you and says, oh, you have this, I have this issue with you. You did this to me, you know, for the first time you listen, you try to resolve the issue. You try to say your side, you apologize, you try to make things right. That's the, that's the way to handle it. Right. If something comes up again, um, 
you would also still try just for the sake of the friendship, for the sake of the the bond that you've had for all these years, you also try to make things right. Um, that is the expectation, right? But it gets to a point where, I call it a breaking point. In physics, we, we know about a breaking point when you stretch an elastic band. There's something called an elastic limit. It, can, it, gets, it gets to that limit, but it doesn't break at that limit. I think after the elastic limit is where you have the limit of elasticity, that's the word. <laughs> um, after that, I think that's when you get to the breaking point. I may be wrong, I may be right, I don't know. I'm not trying to Google or correct, check myself right now. I'm not, not fact-checking myself, but I believe that the breaking point is just after the zone of the limit of elasticity. So you can get to the point where it stretches you to the very max, and then you break, you know, you get to that breaking point. So, I mean, in our interactions with people, in the way we carry on, we just need to realize that not everybody can can take nonsense beyond a certain point, right? And I think that was what was happening for me was uh, I can't keep fighting and arguing and bickering over and over and over over the same thing without any resolution, or especially when the resolution doesn't stick, right? So. I got to that breaking point with a with a couple of friends and yeah, I yielded, right? I think the yield point is what the breaking point if I remember my, my physics correctly, but um I had to let things go. So I have a lot to say about, you know, outgrowing friendships because I think I've done an episode where I was talking about the beauty of female friendships and I still maintain that I have a lot of female friends that I, you know, hold very dear to me. We're counting 25 years, we're counting, you know, so that's, that's my kind of person. I am the person who does the long, the long haul. And I, I believe that the benefit of having a friend for a long time is that you should be able to excuse their excesses. Let me say, I'm not trying to contradict what I said earlier, but I'm going to explain. So I've known you for 20 years and I find that you did something to me. I'm not going to react the way I would react to somebody that I met last year. People think it's the opposite. So, example, a friend you've known for 20 years, you hear that a friend um, stole your money. Someone tells you that, oh, that friend of yours was the one who stole your one million naira. People, I mean, the first reaction would be betrayal, you're hurt, how could she do this upon all our years of friendship? And then you go to the person and say, why did you do this? You know, no, 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 no. I feel so disappointed. You're my friend. We've known each other. You're my sister. I saw you as a sister. I saw you as a this. Whereas if it's someone you just knew for a year and they told you the person stole your money, you know, you're not going to be as hurt or betrayed, right? You're like, oh, I don't really know them anyway, so I'm not surprised. So you go to them and say, I heard you stole my money. Um, I want to know why. I want to, and then the person tells you why. And then you can say, anyway, Sha, thank God you're not my friend. I'm not even hurt. And then you do whatever you need to do. Now, my position is that you should switch that reaction. As, that's, how I, that's how I would handle it. If someone I've known for a long time, I'm told that they've done something that hurts me, I'm not going to go there all guns blazing. The value of the friendship for all this number of years should stand for them, should give them some kind of a, some kind of, if it's a bank, they have more savings in their account, right? They have, they have built this currency with me that makes me not go to them all guns blazing. With that friend I've known for a long time, if I'm hurt, I'm disappointed, you just be like, why? Are you sure? No, I don't believe so. I don't think so. And because of how much I know I've known them and I love them, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just naturally not, a, naturally not a fighter anyway. I just cannot go to somebody and say, 
come here you how could you do this i trusted you like my sister you did this to me nah that's not what i'm gonna do rather if i've known you a long time and i hear you did something to hurt me or you did something that i wouldn't like i'll come to you and say babe i heard this thing or i'm not sure it's true right i don't want to believe it's true um but i just wanted to ask you you know is it what happened is it true did you really take the money and person is like no who said it you know wait a minute i'll be like oh they're lying against you right okay this person has you and i to contend with now that is what i expect from a friendship you've had for a long time then if it's somebody i just met or someone just by the side that they told me did something to me i'm already pissed like who gives you the right to do that to me so i would ask you the question like i'm sorry but i feel like you have some things to explain to me i just heard this to be very honest in both scenarios i'll never go shouting and screaming that's just not in my nature anyway and that's why it's hard for me to accept that when someone does it to me but if i wanted to be smoking i would rather smoke with someone i just met than to go smoking and shouting and carrying energy crazy energy to a friend i've known for a long time and that's my position so when something when a disagreement happens and you claim to know someone a long time you claim to value the person as a friend and you come you know, like, hey, what happened? I'm so betrayed. I can't take this. I can't believe you did this to me. What then is the benefit of the, the doubts, first of all, that you need to give people as the first level of any interaction, give benefit of doubt, understand, or just try and understand what happened. That's something you would even expect to give every person in the world, strangers, whoever, just give benefit of doubt and understand, first of all. Then, second of all, if you're someone that is a friend, a sister, a lover, or whatever, you should then, that currency they've built with you over this number of years should then make you tone it down and understand. And understanding that even if they did it, you have to forgive them and move forward. You have that option because of the love and whatever it is you claim to have for them. Whatever. I'd rather crash and burn to the ground for someone I just met than someone I've known my entire life. Except the abuse or the wrongdoing is done over and over and over and over and the person would not change. Then you get to your breaking point and you say deuces. But the first. The very first um, sign of this person has done something wrong to you, if you come and you, you call that your breaking point, then there, there really wasn't anything in the very beginning. So I'm over it. I'm over explaining yourself over and over for no reason, especially when the explanation is not even sinking in because the assumption has been made that that is the truth. Whatever they heard, whatever they believe is true. So they come to you with that anger and that energy and they expect you to defend yourself. Let me say something to people that they don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't study law. I don't know fuck all about that. But I have common sense. I've watched a lot of legal shows every time. Nigerian ones, Judge Judy, People's Court, Judge um, Rinda, all these things. I watch them, right? And they, it also helps me with my job because I'm a contracting and procurement um, manager. Here's the truth. The person who files a case is the person with the burden of proof. I don't think a lot of Nigerians know this. If you accuse somebody of something and take them to court or, you know, even if you don't, even if it's a court of public opinion, you are the one with the responsibility to prove that thing. Don't think that you can just walk up to somebody and say, you're sleeping with my husband. And then the person, has, the person has to defend themselves and say, no, I'm not. And then, no. You are the one with the burden of proof. So if you think someone has done something wrong to you and you want to build your case and you want to go and confront them, make sure you have all the evidence. Make sure you have all the pictures, videos, whatever. Make, if someone told you, make sure you have the person's name, time, whenever. You need to have pr 
proof. That's something we need to know because I don't think we know it. We think that when we go and accuse somebody of something, a person has to defend themselves. No, nobody got to defend themselves against you for no reason if you don't have any proof of anything. So if you come to me and say, Darius, I heard you gossiped about me. Better tell me the day I did it, with who, how. Don't come with some stupid assumptions or some things your head has made up because you're like, oh, how did that person know that happened? Oh, it must be this person, it must be that person. That's your beeswax. If you don't have enough proof of how it must be this person and it brings you back to me with that proof, I wouldn't even acknowledge that nonsense you're saying. And that's the truth. Because acknowledging it means I'm even... Okay, let me even say, the only reason why I acknowledge it is just giving you benefit of doubt as per your human being that is flapping your gums in front of me. That's why I would say, why would you say that? What happened? Who told you? That's the only reason why. If not, I would look at you like an idiot. Because you don't understand that if you want to accuse someone of doing something wrong to you, you have to come with proof. And the proof cannot be, I feel, I feel as if. What is feeling? Oh my God, I feel like we, we just spend so much time in our feelings. And we believe feelings are facts. Feelings are not facts. I read somewhere that they said that since social media and phones, smartphones came into existence, we have gotten relatively dumber as a, as a human race. And it's true. Books are laying everywhere. People don't read books. People are not trying to challenge their own thoughts. You think because you feel bad, then that's enough reason for you to go confront someone because of you feel bad. What is, what is a feeling? Do you understand that facts are facts? Everything else... You know, your feelings could be lies. That your brain is all chemistry, it's all biology. The same way your hand could be hurting you, could be the way your brain is hurting you and is sending you wrong signals about things. But you go and pick up a fight with somebody just because your brain said something, because you feel some way. We don't question ourselves, we don't check. Could I be right? Could I be wrong? We think that feelings are justified. Feelings are, your feelings are valid. They are valid, but they are valid to you. If you cannot check that feeling and be sure that this feeling is right, yes, I have every right to feel this way, the, the facts align, you know, it's not just my mood, it's not because of my time of the month, because sometimes, I'm not even going to lie to you, when is my, almost my time of the month, I cry a lot. I could be watching something on TV, I'm crying, someone says something to me, I'm crying so hardly, I'm like, how could this, I'm so hurt, I'm crying for every freaking thing. I become so anxious. And then maybe the next day I realize that, oh, my period is here. I'm like, oh, no wonder I've been crying for the past four days. So even that thing, the hormones could actually mess up your mood, mess up your entire experience of the world. So feelings are not facts. Honestly, yeah. I know so much or like I study so much or I try to learn so much and I'm still learning. I don't even know. I haven't even scratched the surface of ignorance. Maybe that's what they say, right? Everything we feel, we know. We don't know nothing. So that, that informs my position on things sometimes and i'm still learning i'm still growing but if you know that it's just a feeling then you don't have to come blowing hot calm down come and say i feel a certain way about what i just heard or what i'm thinking and i don't know if it's the case but i wanted to just ask you because of this because of that and the person will tell you their side if you're not convinced with what they have said because you have no proof you can take a walk, right? And just say, okay, I mean, I'm still not comfortable. And, you know, to protect my, my mental health, to pr protect my feelings, I'm going to stay away from you. That is a good, that's a choice. It might not be the best choice, but that is a choice. But we are very quick to react in this world nowadays. I don't know. Everybody is just living on the edge. I don't understand it. 
I give this analogy here yeah, about how you can use to check yourself if you're always, if you're living on the edge or if you're in that snap, 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 or, you know, react before you act kind of um, mood all the time. Is that somebody's at the door. Someone knocks at your door. Knock, knock. You hear it. You could either say, who's there? Who's that? Or however else we ask the question. Or you could say, who's there? Same question, tone, aggressiveness or whatever. Different levels. The person that's saying, who's there? is like, do you think it's the police? Do you think, you know, it's a thief? Like, why are you shouting? What if it's your grandmother that's been waiting to see you? And you now open, oh, grandma, but you've already screamed and shouted like, like it was the police that was at the door. Even if it's the police, can't you be polite? But you could actually be very polite and say, who's there? So for me, that's my, my, my temperament is always on the very calm side. Who's there? What happened? Like, are you okay? Rather than, why would you do this? Someone sends you a text. Your response is just, boom, 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 quarrel, shout. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Calm down, relax, relax. People just really need to relax, man. I've been looking for a way to describe it. That thing, that thing that we accuse people on Twitter of doing where someone just says their opinion and someone just rams into them. You know, someone was saying to me that he was watching a football game or something and he just made his, you know how you just say opinion and say, oh my God, what's the players? Let's say Hurricane. Hurricane is really doing great this season. That's how somebody came from nowhere. Just said, what do you mean he's doing great? Look at all the, look at all the different tournaments. We are supposed to be on this level. We are at this level. People don't even know what you're saying. Just come out here and just say anything. You know, sorry, no vex, no vex, no vex, I beg, I'm sorry, you know, and he kept it moving. And we're just laughing, it's like Twitter, eh? Somebody will just come and give you a packet from nowhere. You did not say anything, you did not say anything to them, you're just saying something on your own page. So I realized, I was like, is, this, is it a Twitter thing that because people are so quick to just react and just say their views, or it's just, you just have to have a dissenting opinion for you to thrive in that place, to say, oh, yes, I agree, uh, yes, I agree, what are you talking about? If you don't have a dissenting opinion, if you don't, and if you don't have, the, you can have a dissenting opinion, but you have to deliver it hot. You know, you have to be as antisocial as possible. They called it <laughs> Chris and Rosie Ramsey in the UK. I love their podcast. They called it the antisocial network, right? So you have to come like that. You have to just say the dissenting opinion and say it as rudely as possible. Then yes, that's how you're a Twitter person. You guys don't, you're not slow, snowflakes. You don't, you don't come and just do all the fluff. So you have to go hard. People don't realize that that now comes into their personal lives and they go, they go hard at, at everything. Every freaking thing. Or if they're not going hard, they feel as if, no, they're just trying to be politically correct. So there's no, there is no normalcy anymore. It's either you're going hard or you're, going, you're being politically correct. What kind of a world would you, do we live in? Would you want to live in that that's, that's how the world operates? So I was also listening to another podcast. You guys know I consume podcasts. Or, I, or you don't know what I say it all the time here. Podcasting. That's my favorite media. That's what I consume the most. And I was listening to um, Armchair Expert, right? Um, Dax Shepard, and he had his wife on the F1 episode, right? And then his wife said, it's called, they're talking about how they share details of their life. He's married to Christine Bell. She's a big actor and a successful actress. So they've been together 18 years. Um, it's one of those Hollywood couples that are doing great, right? Both of them are, are actors and they are, they, are, they are okay. Their relationship is great. And I just, I just admire their marriage. Well, so she said something 
they said when they share things like they're on holiday or they share how they raise their kids people always come in the comment section and you know drag them and say no why would you do this how would you choose this option and what da, 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 da. his wife described it as our trade addiction he said people are and that was the best description i've heard of this thing because i've been wondering why people are like that why do people just come in and you know just go to celebrity celebrity pages and argue with them about how they raise their children how they drive their cars how they do their house uh, whatever she said it's called outrage addiction after a while it becomes addict addictive right these people become addicted to just having outrage for everything so the outrage may not even be directed at the government may not be directed it can just be directed to everything that, that is alive the way you treat your animal they will tell you that's not how you should treat your animal that's not how you should treat your parents that's not how you should treat your your body that's not how you should treat your job that's not how you should treat your you can't even have an opinion on anything Someone will say, oh, I don't want to work from the office. I, I just prefer working from home. People will come in and say, that's how you're a lazy millennial. That's why you don't, you don't understand the value of work. Like, can't I just choose something and just like something? Is it, is it a problem? So it's outrage addiction. So a lot of people are addicted to outrage, right? They just feel like you have to eat together. They get a, some kind of hormonal jolt, like something enjoyable about just having that kind of outrage, right? having it and sharing it because you can have it inside your house and there'll be no problem but when you share it right you see you put it out there and people come and argue with you or insult you or say why can't you be nice or whatever you get something out of it just check that you're not addicted to outrage because i see a lot of people with the way they react to situations you guys are freaking addicted to, to outrage and if you live on twitter 247 i'm sorry but <laughs> I'm sorry, but people outside of your your circle are seeing you as a mad person, but you, you probably don't know. You probably don't know because you are feeding in that energy, that antisocial energy every single time. So you don't understand that there's normalcy anymore. Everything is either quarrel or buzzbos or when you're trying to be nice, you, you think you're trying to be nice. You're trying to be politically correct. You're trying to be gagged. How can someone asking you to speak nicely be trying to gag you? Don't you see that you've already moved away from the norm? into a zone of him. I don't know what I'll call it. I was going to speak Igbo, but anywho, so that's my proof of life. Um, something else, right? In this past couple of months, my mom has been, my mom has been visiting her children in Canada, right? Well, primarily my sister, Betsy, but um, obviously she's here, so we get to see her often. And something funny happened, so she was, she went out with my sister, Linda, and they went to, <laughs> We went to a farmer's market on a Saturday to go buy things. So apparently there was a is it apparently is the word. So unbeknownst to them, there was a festival happening very close to the farmer's market that day. So all the everywhere was booked. It's one of the biggest festivals in Canada. In fact, when I asked my colleagues at work, I was like, what would be the Canadian equivalent of um Coachella or Glastonbury or whatever? They said Veld Festival. It happens in Downsview Park. It's been going for years and whatever. It's a big festival, but it's for all these tum-tums, all those electric, kind of, uh, maybe rock and roll or punk or electronic. I don't know the kind of music shop. Because when I saw all the posters they had everywhere about this festival, I did not see one name I recognized. And they listed at least 30 different artists. I did not see one name I recognized from the US, from the UK, from anywhere else. It was all these their kind of people anyway. So I knew it was not for me. My mom and my sister now went to the to this farmer's market to buy things. They did not know that this festival was happening. There were no there was no way to come back home. The Ubers were rejecting the trips and everything. Because that area was a no-go zone. You know when you have a huge festival like Coachella, right? You know, it's crazy. 
so they couldn't find a way to come home so <laughs> so there was this woman that came to the festival as well she was putting her things in her car to leave my sister's friend now woke up to woman and say please we're trying to just find our way out of this area because we've been waiting for taxis we can't find any could you give us a ride you must like no sure, of course the woman you know canadians are so nice she opened her car reclined all the seats they put all their stuff they bought a lot of stuff put it inside the car and then the woman brought them home to drop them off you know so they were, that's a very nice act right so my mom was so grateful <laughs> my mom stepped out of the car and said to the woman thank you so much you will live long the woman replied hopefully <laughs> my mom was like no not hopefully you're gonna live long and by god's grace waiting 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 the woman was like well yeah that's what we hope for <laughs> And my mom told me this thing. I wanted to die of laughter. I said, you think this is Nigeria? That people will just be pronouncing <laughs> pronouncing blessings on people. And, you know, we are very prayerful. We say, amen, amen. I'm like, amen. Okay. The woman is like, well, hopefully, I hope I live long. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at that. But anyway, so is that shock or that the change in culture is something that, I mean, when we move here, we need to take account for that. A lot of people are not Christians. A lot of them do not have any kind of religious inclinations or whatever. So you could tell somebody, you know, God bless you. They're like, oh, thanks. You know, they're not going to say amen because, I mean, you have to know that you're praying for something or you're praying to a higher power to be able to say amen, so be it or whatever. Right. So that was funny. Um. Another concept that I've been of exploring I, as i help myself grow and become better um it's the concept that everyone was born a baby so i think i heard it somewhere as well where they said that if you want to excuse people's behavior okay no no if you want to reverse somebody let's say you see someone that achieved a lot you need to remember that they were born a baby like some years back that person was a baby with zero with nothing so see how far they have come even if you see someone that is 70 years old or someone that is 20 years old, if you remember that at some point in life, that person was just a baby in diapers. In diapers, right? And this person is here today. Think of all the steps the person had taken to get, had to have taken to get to that point where they are now a university graduate. They are now on the moon. They are now the biggest artist. They are Taylor Swift or they are, you know, Beyonce that is commanding stages. Beyonce was born a baby with it sounds very redundant to say it right but think about it that that Beyonce you're seeing was once a little girl in diapers like this with her entire life ahead of her so she had to do a lot of work day by day by day to be that Beyonce if she did not do any of those things maybe she should have taken a different path she would still end up as a 70 year old but maybe just another regular person somewhere right so if you understand that if you can it makes you appreciate people it makes you appreciate how far people have have come and the work they've had to do on themselves because they were at some point in this world just a baby right and then that also makes you excuse people as well you say oh yeah this person was also just a baby so maybe they never stopped being a baby right so you can forgive them for some of their shortcomings or whatever because you're like why am i expecting so much from this person that was just a baby 30 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever that's much harder to do but it's a <laughs> it could be a strategy that helps as well I also recently went to watch the Barbie movie and that movie was really good. It was nice. I went alone. I wore black and <laughs> and I made a note. I think I said, put it on Instagram. And I said, nobody turned me back because the way everybody was wearing pink and going with their girlfriends, you know, it's nice. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but um, that aside, the movie, 
theater was sort of evenly distributed between men and women when I went to see it. And, you know, there was no, it was funny. There were a lot of funny scenes, a lot of, you know, anecdotes and whatever. But I think my best quote out of the entire movie was towards the end when the founder of the, the of the Barbie brand, um, Ruth something, something, I can't remember her name. She was standing with um, the quintessential Barbie. Is that not her name? Yeah. Um, the actual Maggie, Maggie, uh, no, is that her name? Uh, I can't remember the name. Mago, Mago Robert or whatever. The name of the, the main character of the movie anyway. Um, she, we were standing together and she said something. She said, a mother, a mother stands still so that the child can look back and see how far they've come. And that for me was the, the quote of that movie, you know. We come from, you know, very strong mothers who sacrifice a lot for us. Um, and they sort of, you know, it's a trade-off for them. They give, they, they, they sacrifice their achievements, their their ambition, not achievements, their ambition, the things they can do for themselves so that their children can go achieve those things in the world. So it's sort of like they're standing still and watching you go. Um, so when you look back and see where your mother has stopped, that for you, you should appreciate that because she could have gone more, she could have gone for further, she could have gone further, but she chose to um to do that through her children, you know, to give you all the support and everything you need to to take those steps so that you can look back and see, oh, wow, this is how far I've come because, you know, the mom is standing still. And that for me was just a strong picture I couldn't shake off. And I just really want us to appreciate her parents because, you know, being a single um, woman right now, um, I don't have any kids and I, I know that I, I don't waste a lot of time to make decisions as, as far as it has to do with my career, as far as it has to do with changing countries or doing this or doing that. I just make those decisions. But I... I can imagine that other women in my in my position who have kids, who have a family that they are raising, they can't just, you know, up and make those decisions themselves. Um, but I also hope that those children appreciate that in future when they look back and see that, oh, my mother could have been this, she could have been that, whatever. Know that that person um, opted or chose not to be those things because they they wanted you to, to be those things, so to speak, right? And we always ask that question, women, can women do it all? It depends on what that all is, right? You can choose to do both. It depends on what you put as your as your goal, right? I'm not trying to say ambition or your achievements at work or all these things are important. They're not. You know, for some people, those things are key. For some other people, you know, having their children around them, seeing their children gives them all that satisfaction and that pleasure and that, that joy that becoming CEO of a company or earning $500,000 a year wouldn't give them. So, but we still need to appreciate that, you know, Parents really do a lot for do a lot for us. Um, this is my proof of life. So I'm alive. I've just told you guys, <laughs> walked you through my my the past couple of months for me, changing jobs. You know, you know, dealing with a lot of things, having my mom around. You know, traveling between different cities in 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 Canada. And to be very honest, this this summer has been summering. I've had such a good time. I didn't plan any big trips or travel to any fancy countries but even within canada itself canada is such a big and vast country there's so much to see so much to do um so i've sort of lost that pressure of wanting to go somewhere go somewhere and i realized why i think it was jake i always quote jake on this podcast but jake said something jake said home is where you're not trying to run away from so back back when i lived in nigeria you know, you always aspire to have that holiday so you can go somewhere where you don't have the sound of the generator, you have internet, very fast speeds, you have beautiful cities to go around, you have nice food, nice, not saying there's no nice food and all this is in Nigeria, but it's home, it's where you see them every day, you don't, sometimes you may not even go to those restaurants because they're just next door, but when you travel abroad, 
I always I'm always fascinated when I see people's pictures when they go abroad. When I when I lived in Nigeria, I'd be like, why don't you share your day-to-day life? I share my day-to-day life on social media. Put up when I'm having tea, when I'm working, I put up things, I dance on my house, whatever. And then if I go on holiday, I still share the same things. But I realize that a lot of people don't do that. So the most quiet person in your office that you see, if you when they go on vacation, let's say they're in the UK or they're in Italy, they will become content creators they'll be posting posting i'm like why can't you post you think what you do on a day-to-day is not it's not important for us your followers you think we don't want to see it we want to see it you know but that's that that is so that traveling is just that kind of escape where they can become somebody else where they are vlogging they are tweeting they are putting up everything they're making reels and i'm always like i guess just smile you know so i guess when i moved here um it's so much easier to travel now you know there's no hassle with the PR, there are several countries that you can you can visit without a visa. Um, I can go to the US any day I want. It's just I have a 10-year visa for that. And yet, I'm not even in a hurry to go, you know. Because where I am right now, I, I'm not trying to run away from. <laughs> if that makes any sense, right? But back then, we would queue up for American visa. Someone gets an American visa, you're like, congratulations, whatever. Because the person can, you know, go anytime. Or they go to the UK, they go wherever else. Um... So that, that, that rush, that need is not, it's not as strong as it used to be when I lived. Anyway, my summer has just been, I've not done anything. Summer, I've done a lot of visits or whatever, but it hasn't been like a proper summer holiday that like we used to do in the past because that is not a need at the moment. And then with the job change as well, <laughs> I realized that in my career, every time I've, everywhere I've worked, apart from when I just started my career, just the one time I worked in Abuja, for like three years every other time i've walked out of the the hq out of corporate out of the the engine room of the organization and i'm coming to find why branches or franchises of organizations why they don't really like corporate sometimes because it's just as if you're sitting down in your fancy office and you're there telling them what they should do at their their branch as if you know them as if you know what what my day-to-day looks like <laughs> if you remember this tv show called um undercover boss where the boss will wear a wig, cover himself in a certain way, and then go to the franchise or go to a branch and see how things are run. And he just sees that things are so different. And then you see them complain about the guys are corporate. They do this, they do that. They <laughs> don't even know how. Well, well, I used to be so pissed at whoever it was that those guys are corporate were. Because you'd go to, let's say, for instance, a subway branch. You see that they haven't changed their computers in the past 10 years. Or some other, some guy is using his personal phone to do work or whatever or a driver because of the they haven't changed something in the truck he's using his own personal car to go and deliver things for the company and you'd be wondering how can a big corporation like corporation like this why wouldn't they be able to cover their bases why would their staff be suffering and then you guys know that usually on in that show the ones that are good to the ceo even though he's undercover usually get like their lives are changed they give buy them a house or give them thirty thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars and their lives just change from from there um so working in corporate i've always had that mindset of you know thinking obviously i'm thinking more strategically as a corporate as, as part of corporate because I'm, i have a full picture of the entire organization but i also try to think locally as well like how does it you know for the for the branch they're not thinking about the entire company they're thinking about themselves that's what they deal with on a day-to-day basis so i've realized that you know we have to sort of have that you know think high but also think low think low right that's the helicoptering where you can fly high at the at the corporate level because you have a bird's eye view of the entire business, but you can also, you know, fly low like a helicopter and see for this particular 
you know, unit. What are their pains? What are their gains? What will make them happy? What are their challenges? Like, like that. So, I mean, I wasn't hoping, I wasn't trying to get into them. Just trying to say for me, like, those are some of the learnings I'm, ha- I'm having to do because my corporate, my current job, like, you know, we have over 550 different units across the country. So, um, I don't want to be that person that just sits in corporate and, you know, you know, be speaking English, you know, in the meeting and just be sounding so smart. But when it comes to implementation, when it comes to actually putting boots on the ground, it's such a, it's a different, different terrain, you know? My mentor in the past would say, it's nice to have the map, but the terrain is freaking different. So you need to know the terrain and you can only know the terrain with boots on the ground or communication with those that are on the ground, you know? So yeah, um, that adjustment is what I'm still going through and I'm learning and I'm, you know, growing everything else is good everything is everything i am i'm good i'm happy and i will try my best to do more of this podcasting and yeah if you guys don't hear from me for a while (laughs) be good be kind don't be quick to to charge at things or to react try to act first because when you now take some time after you've reacted to now take some time to you know cool down and go through the emotions and understand that you may have acted wrong you now come and apologize the first apology is okay second apology is okay but when you now start apologizing over and over for things for your overreaction your apologies lose lose substance right and when you come apologize i was like no i beg i don't care anymore and the truth is that you know we have girlfriends you know i know a lot of people that have outgrown me i used to be so close to them and I, maybe i was even the one that was following up more but they just you know, i'm no longer their cup of tea they've moved on they have other realities especially for me it's mostly as people get married or as people move to a different country or change jobs or whatever like they just just move on so it's fine it's okay it doesn't have to be any animosity or, or whatever but let's also remember that if you want to accuse somebody or something or you want to go fight with somebody or you want to come you guys let's just take a moment take a freaking moment right to just calm down before you send off that message before you go and say you you did this to me you did that to me you would never do this for me i i i can't believe you whatever whatever if you want to come with that energy just take it several notches down because think about it in in the next day or two days after when you guys now say let's come and talk about it everybody will be calmer so why can't we be calmer in the beginning why do we have to go ham and then we now start walking it back, walking it back? It makes no sense to me. And I'm really over it. Like I cannot nurse anybody's emotions, anybody's especially when you don't have any proof of anything. You're just, you know, acting out because you believe that, you know, that is the way to go. My feelings are valid, so I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm gonna say how I feel. Kudos, say what you say how you feel, but you're not gonna be saying it to me. Because why? You are blocked. You are blocked. So you can marinate in those feelings or ruminate in those feelings but i don't want you bringing your negative energy to my positive energy (laughs) energies are very important so thanks and i hope that with these few points of mine i've been able to prove that my life i'm doing great and i will see you guys on the next one love you bye